When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We had live sports this week. Kind of. Almost. Live things related to sports. We had people live on television making their teams better or worse. To be determined. We'll probably know in three years. But we had live things. We had things to tune into. Appointment television this week, Will. How excited were you? I got to tell you the best part of the entire weekend. I guess this is a weekend, really. It started Thursday. It did. You know what I mean. Yeah. Jerry Jones drunk on a yacht. Is there anything better than Jerry Jones just sloshed to S on a, on a yacht? And I, then he gets to a pick where really he doesn't need to take a receiver. And he goes, nah, I'm going to take a receiver. I don't Rod- care. Roger Goodell in his basement. It's pretty fantastic. That basement nice, nice though. It's not bad. It's an all right basement. It definitely looks like an old guy's basement. Dude, that looks like a basement they did for the kids, like a bonus room where they're like, you know, they're teens and they're wanting to like bring down other teens to like either hang out or like do teen things. Yes, but it's not. The decor does not scream teen. It goes, I'm going to design this for the kids, but it's got an old guy's aesthetic to it. I mean, that big leather chair that he was lounging in yeah. kicked back looking like he's ready to fall asleep and somebody pokes him with a pool cue because you know there's a pool table right around the corner pokes him with a pool cue and goes hey rod you gotta do the pick i'm not getting out of this chair everybody was predicting that he was drunk i think he was i kind of think he was too. i hope he was but i don't think he was like no he was he was buzzed he was he, but, three three beers deep i would say oh he's drinking he's drinking bourbon or scotch yeah, probably he's not sip, for this. Just I think sipping it, on it. He's not like, drinking beer. Like when I was drinking, I remember beer was like a good time drink. Mm. It was like a hey, I'm gonna have a nice easy time and do something that's not too difficult and just drink some beer. I feel like scotch is when it's like you can sit down and relax and really unwind. Like that, I think he <laughs> yeah, still he had like to, he was relaxed and unwinding. I mean, he's on here now, so the draft started again, and uh, you know he's still back in his lavish basement. Which, by the way, also if you look to his left, for some reason he keeps changing the candy that's in the NFL draft bowl. Yeah, that's uh, sponsored. 
Yeah, but it's it, it, but there's no sponsor of the candy. It's just NFL draft candy. Yeah. It was it was M&M's the first day. Well, how do I know that? Well, I didn't see an M&M. Uh, your fair point. Fair point. For all I know, the NFL draft is selling me candy. <laughs> he's got a bunch of candy. Well, today, candy? today he's using the quarter zip. Oh, nice. He did switch in round one. He just at some point's like, I'm done with this jacket. Give me my sweater. And he goes to that. I'll tell you, man, he's, I think he's really enjoying this. He's like, I don't have to leave the house. Nobody likes me anyways. I can mispronounce names from my own home. <laughs> I'm all for that. Tua Tungvaloa. I got to find that. Do, oh, I would I hope I know that. Primetime has it. I'm sure that they do. We can play with Mariota. But, yeah, well done. I mean, listen, I get you get into the third, fourth, fifth round. Who cares what these guys are named? You're Roger Goodell. You've got your own private plane and health insurance for life, all of that. No, the first five quarterbacks. Maybe. Is that too much to ask for? Hey, uh, can I get a little help practicing these uh, pronunciations? I don't know, man. I mean, I feel for the guy. Do you? I don't know. Imagine how busy he like. I know everybody's been talking about this. Everybody has been saying like, look, your only job is to remember like at most 40 names because that's really kind of the cache of dudes who you could expect that would be picked in the first round when people are still watching. Because let's be honest, once we hit the second, third, a bunch of people have tuned out and you can start effing off. But think about what he's going through right now. This guy is literally trying to save football. Sure. Like, he's probably on the phone constantly from the minute he wakes up. You act like he's doing it by himself, though. No, but he's, but he's leading the, the charge. One try- yeah, I get that, but he's, he's not the, the only charge. one trying to save football. Let me ask you a quick question. He's like the president in Independence Day. He's got a bunch of screens around him, and he's he's trying to direct people. If Roger Goodell said, eh, you know what, this year I don't want to read the names, who does that hurt? If you hire Kevin Hart to read off the names of the draft picks or they, they do in the later rounds. They, they bring up former players or whatever to read the draft pick. They have the kids announce a pick from St. Jude or whatever. If Roger Goodell decided not to do it, how upset are you? Little. Really? Why? He could still come up and do his master of series is opening the ceremonies thing. He'll come out and be like, Hi, I'm Roger Goodell. Here's your opportunity to boo me. I just want to say a few words. Here's an introduction to the uh, the draft-a-thon that we'll barely mention throughout this entire process. Uh, I'd also like to mention that we're going to give the the 2020 dur- do-over to Las Vegas in 2020. And then everybody goes, what? It's going yeah, to be correct. Was, yeah, it was confusing. Yeah. Listen, short prepared statement. He shows up to the thing. He can stay on stage for a normal year and shake everybody's hand if he wants to. But I'm just saying, does the TV show lose anything if Roger Gunnell is not the one mispronouncing the names? And yes, I mispronounced Gunnell. Gunnell. I like that name. Yeah. I, yeah, I kind of think it does. I think this is an opportunity for fans to, to get you, to know him. Well, no, if you if you love him or you hate him, which I, I'm guessing more people hate him. Get, wait, wait. How many people love Roger Gunnell? 32 people, actually. <laughs> that's right. Yes. There's some 32 par- people there's some in particular. Owners, but that's, okay, how many fans? Uh, maybe 31. Jerry Jones might not. But <laughs> I, I guess what I'm saying is that, like, I think it's an opportunity to get some FaceTime with a guy where you can either trash on him or just say meh. And that's what sure. I liked about David Stern so much was that David Stern, 
even though a lot of people hated him, and I'm referencing really fans because sure. posthumously, for some reason, David Stern was looked upon as like an awesome genius. Did you mean posthumously? Yeah, whatever. Okay. But like, he was looked upon as a genius. But at the time, dude, I remember people hated so hard on David Stern. Sure. Like they called him a racist for the dress code thing and everything. And then you get to the draft and you get the opportunity to boo him, call him a slouch, say he's a jerk. I think that's a fun opportunity. Sure. I don't really want Kevin Hart up there reading names. Now, do you want me to turn the channel? That's how you're going to do it. <laughs> Kevin Hart getting up there and doing something stupid and reading names and being in a costume. Like, get out of there, dude. Why don't you go make another crappy movie and bank a check? What's a guy that does uh, <clears throat> the, is it Fox that has Rob Riggle on there? Yeah, he's getting tired, too. Oh, he was already tired. Yeah. You're, really? You, you're telling me that Kevin Hart would be that much worse yes. than Roger Goodell? Yes. You're, Please pick somebody better. G- fine. Jimmy Former Kimmel. players. No, I don't uh, want entertainers. Okay, that's fine. You can pick somebody that's better than Roger Goodell. Former players, I think, is the great way to go. Yeah. You pick somebody that's been part of the organization for a long time. You pick or, this, or you, this year. You could have picked. You could have picked the player from each franchise that has COVID or had COVID nineteen. Or what you could do is you could pick the most popular player from the franchise of the hosting city. Now I know it wouldn't work this year, but like, um, yeah, I don't. I guess it wouldn't work with Vegas because how long of the? But you would just take the Raiders. <laughs> Who cares? And I mean, you do it with Cleveland too. You, couldn't you get Bernie Kosar up there and have him do it or Jim Brown? There's or, enough people that are part of this uh, dog and pony show that I'm sure you can get somebody else. I'm just saying, if I don't need to initiate it, I'm just saying Roger Goodell goes, guys, I'm not doing it this year. <laughs> How mad would you be? Like, whatever. Like you said, your favorite part about having him up there is so that you could be mad at him. So if he decides not to do it, people are going to forget that they hate Roger Goodell because he's not standing there in front of the Denver Broncos cheerleaders, which... They had a very good showing last night, mm. I will say. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, so he st- doesn't stand up in front of a, a screenshot, doesn't stand up on the stage in Vegas. I think we can still hate him, even though he's not in front of every single draft pick. 55305 uh, text line, Roger Goodell is awesome. He loves being a heel, embraces the hate, which he's, I agree. I will say that he's leaning into it this year, but I think he realizes that he it needs to be as normal as possible. I don't think last year or years prior, he loved being the heel. When you're in a room full of people that hate you versus going, hey, it's going to be weird for a lot of people, myself included. Let's try to make it as normal for the fans as we can. I think he's leaning into it this year. I don't think he normally embraces that. I think it would be pretty easy to embrace it if you get a helicopter and healthcare for life. <laughs> that, to me, it's one day a year or one weekend a year. It, I get that you have to be front It makes it very center. easy, very easy for me to do that. Now, you mentioned the cheerleaders, right? Uh, did I? Now, who had an even better day on the fan cam than the cheerleaders? Uh, Mike Vrabel? No, sir. Mr. Guy Fietti, who was actually spotted as one of the fan cam really? people for the Raiders. Did you see Mike Vrabel's home day one? Yeah, somebody taking a deuce in the back. <laughs> yes. That was great. Very much. Well, not only that, you had mullet guy. I think he's wearing one of Vrabel's old jerseys. Are those his kids? Yes, Did that's you ever- right. Boy, they looked good. Yeah, apparently um, he just was kind of like, yeah, you know, do whatever you want. I don't care. Like, this day's about me. I'm I'm trying to, like, build a football team. And the kids were like, okay, let's do it. Because in the grand scheme of things, I mean, you, you know, what, what 
what are you going to do that's so bad on one of those things yeah. that like people are going to be absolutely outraged? Well, and there's no sound on it. It's not like you have the 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 audio or anything. The the strange thing was was that Zach Taylor for the Bengals, I think, had like the backdrop set up, but all the cameras were like right. They were side view. Yeah. So why they did, weren't straight on? It would seem bizarre to me. The 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 entire setup. It was. It was. And where like, was he? I don't know. He was in his everybody's home. I don't think he was home. I don't care where he if was. If that's his house, like, what's going on? I Does he live in a hotel? I don't know. I couldn't figure out any of the thing, but it seemed like most of the homes had no idea where the camera was placed. Yeah. At least for the coaches and GMs. Now, I did feel pretty bad for uh, Dave Gettleman. Mm. Well, because you saw the thing, uh, I think it was, I think it was even before the first pick. Or no, 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 it was after the first pick when they were focusing on the Giants where they went to Dave Gettleman, GM of the Giants, and uh, they did like a quick shot of him, and he was putting on his his mask. Oh, and yeah. There was nobody in the room, and everybody was like, what are you doing, dude? Like, there's no one in the room. Well, come to find out, there's actually a tech director who yeah. had been in and out, so it's like, okay, maybe he's way. And also, apparently he suffers from lymphoma, which means like yeah. he's very high risk. Yes. So. But I remember well, at first but, I saw that, but, but, and I tweeted, because, and I was like, what are you doing? But how do you know there's nobody in the room? That's, again, the thing. There's there's one camera. I was, uh, I think it was the, the Niners were both, uh, Kyle Shanahan and uh, John Lynch are both, like, backed into the corner. Mm. And then all of a sudden, it's like, it's going to be on TV, so their kids come rushing into the room. It's like, dude, you could have set up the camera anywhere. It was like, everybody went, oh, we probably should have done this a little bit differently. But it was like, there's not a lot of foresight into where we're going to set things up. Well, we're crapping on it, but no, not well. No, we are. We're kind of crapping on it, but I will say we're picking out the bad things. I thought it was a pretty good TV show. It was a very, very good TV show considering the circumstances. And I remember on this very program, we talked about it. I think it was last weekend where I said, look, if that thing is anything like the stupid NBA dunk challenge, (laughs) I'm going to be pissed off. The horse. It was horrible. Horse oh, I'm sorry. Playing. The horse challenge. It wouldn't have made a difference yeah. because what, the, what, what, the what did you call coming up freeze? Wait, and what then, did you call it? Horse shooting competition. That's right. And the, the, update. the horse. Well, I wrote shooting. it that way, and then I go, yes. oh no. But I want to refer to it as the horse shooting competition the NBA had during COVID nineteen. I would have watched that. Time. Yeah, you would have. It would have ah. been better. It would have been better. It would have been interesting. So you and I talked about it last week, and I said that I expect the NFL to come through and put together a good TV show. You were far more pessimistic. Monday reports came out that they did a uh, dry run and and set everything up and did a walkthrough of it, and I guess it went terribly. I watched the ESPN broadcast on Thursday night. I watched the ABC broadcast, which was all the college guys doing it, which actually enjoyed more yesterday on ABC. I didn't watch as much of it because I don't recognize as many players and I don't have as, I don't really care as much about the second round as the first round. There's a little bit more drama, mm-hmm. but I wish I would have switched over to the ABC broadcast uh, day one, but I thought the college guys had a little bit more of a relaxed feel to it, but maybe it was because it was day two. But I thought both of them, the 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 television production, the you know, welcome to uh, the inside the home of each of these coaches and players, and you saw the personalities of Andy Reid and his Hawaiian shirts, Bill Belichick uh, in absentia with his dogs just making the picks for him. That was he, awesome. All of those things, there was. I thought there were so many good TV moments for it when we haven't had any live sports. I thought they did a bang-up job. Yeah, I thought they did really well, too. And I thought one thing that um, they did well, which I'm going to um, mention my uh, small lack of television production knowledge, is that they kept the shot moving. 
Yeah. Which is that uh, that was one of the things I really worried about that they effed up with the NBA dunk thing was like when they went to Chauncey uh, Billups. Yeah. For uh, I'm sorry, I keep calling it a dunk thing, the horse thing. Horse shooting competition. Yeah, the horse shooting competition. <laughs> That's the only way we're going to refer to it. Yeah. So when they went to the horse shooting competition, they went to Chauncey and his nine millimeter. Um, <laughs> but they would, it was an eight. Uh, they, right, right. they, they would keep it on him for like a good four minutes straight, yeah. like uninterrupted. And so it allowed enough time for the video stream to lag and then look like crap. And then when you're watching it, you're like, okay, I don't really care about this. What they did really well here is like, and they're doing it now I'm watching, yep. like they're going to Gruden and they're just showing quick bits of it. Him watching the draft on TV with his big board. Then they're going to cut. There it goes. Yep. They're going to somebody else. Mayock. Yeah, yeah, they go to Mayock. Yeah. This is good because it's keeping me distracted enough that I, 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 I'm getting new things in my brain and I'm thinking things are actually happening when really nothing's really happening. Well, but that's the, that's, that's exactly what I was saying. Yeah. This is a perfect television opportunity because nothing ever happens in the draft. No, you just have everybody in one big room. So you Especially get, more, now. you get a lot more B roll when you have the draft as a live, te- a live event with television. What you're doing is the B roll is now bouncing around to people just hanging out in their homes. So We will talk about the actual draft and some of the picks that were made, but I say good TV show. Well done, uh, ESPN, ABC, and partnering with the NFL Network. I thought was smart just going, hey, let's just all work together, make this the best show we can. All right, let's get into the draft. Uh, Where quarterbacks landed? Oregon's uh, Justin Herbert has a new home. Uh, The Packers get a quarterback, and the Eagles get a quarterback in the first two rounds. Bizarro stuff. We'll talk about that next. Center and Saint right here on 1080. The fans. Double check. Even though it's in Espanol, there are no profanities in the song. So you sure about that? Positive. I thought I heard a uh, a C-bomb in there. Nope. Nope. Your, uh, your Spanish is uh, misguiding you. We're safe. Uh, welcome mm. back to, to the uh, most insightful draft analysis you will get uh, anywhere. Yeah. Right here on the center in the Saint. Um, Better be. Justin Herbert. Let's start with Justin Herbert. Not a lot of people talking about that pick. Uh, the first part of the draft kind of went almost exactly how you would expect as far as the quarterbacks and where they would fall. I think a lot of people were hoping that the Lions or maybe the um, Giants would trade out and you'd see some movement around. Somebody would fall in love with Tua or Herbert and jump ahead. But I thought the first part of the draft – I won't say it was boring, but it was um, it was a little bit chalk, I think, to what you expect. Justin Herbert ends up uh, going six overall to the, yes, San Diego Chargers. Yeah, he'll uh, have a good time in San Diego. It's a nice area. <laughs> uh, so he goes to the Los Angeles Chargers of Anaheim, um, and he will be the quarterback that ends up, I think, in the best spot as far as the roster that's around you. Now, the Dolphins are getting a ton of picks over the next few days but the Chargers were a team that over the last few years have been ready to win with Philip Rivers obviously they move on he's in Indianapolis now so Justin Herbert ends up going down to Los Angeles he will play in um, the new uniforms for the Chargers did you take a look at the new uniforms yeah they suck did you really think so yeah the yellow pants are awful yeah they're terrible okay just making sure yeah everything about the Chargers I despise the fact that they have baby blue that somehow they incorporate into their uniforms. The baby blue is their primary color now. That's right. It's stupid. It's really, really dumb. And uh, (laughs) I hate the fact that they just wouldn't fire or trade Philip Rivers, even though they kept him. Well, they did. They let him go. Okay. 
after how many years? 40. 40, okay. So they wouldn't do that uh, after they kept getting the same result over and over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And we'll, we'll go over how this relates to the Green Bay Packers here in a little bit, <laughs> but I think that you're completely right in that, you know, Herbert walks into a good situation, but one that I think hopefully he's going to get some time to sit behind Tyrod Taylor. Now we know that Tyrod Taylor gets hurt a little bit, quite a bit often he does. Uh, and that he could have to jump into action at any time because the Chargers honestly might be pretty good. You know, the Broncos still kind of suck. The Raiders are still trying to figure it out. And the really only other team that you have to compete against in that division is obviously the Chiefs. But, you know, you could be in a good position as the Chargers where you're entering week eight and you're a guaranteed playoff team and a dude like Tyrod Taylor gets hurt and you're Justin Herbert and you get thrust into playoff action. That's not how you want to start your career, but at least you got the weapons around you. Yeah, well, I think that it's one of those things where if Tarod Taylor ends up being the guy or not, it's because Herbert's ready to go. I I, I don't think you're waiting for the injury. I think it's as soon as Herbert. Oh, really? I think it's when Herbert shows what he can do that they they put him in. So what what week would you would you predict that he got? Let, let's say I, everybody's healthy. And, uh, you, you know, barring any of that kind of stuff, what week would you, would you predict that Herbert would come in and take the reins? Be the starter. If if they're winning without him, then I think it's it's later. But there's so there's so much uncertainty because we don't know how the season's going to start anyways, if the season's going to start on time, how much time you're going to get in actual training camp or preparation, how much of the playbook you're going to learn, which I don't think helps uh, to Rod Taylor any more than it helps Justin Herbert, but it's, it's not being there with the guys. What I go back to is Justin Herbert as a freshman. And I think it was Darren Carrington. that just went, dude, this guy's special. He was the first one that really came out and said it. And they were in, it might've been spring camp that, that he came out to, or maybe it was fall camp when he first came in and Justin Herbert walked in and, he started by impressing the players around him. That's what I remember. They just said that there's something special about the way this guy throws a football. And it wasn't long after that he took over the reins and became the starting quarterback and obviously a four-year starter uh, at Oregon, but he had his own little injury history too. So you mentioned that with uh, Tyrod, but you, you go in there and if the players rally around you and they want to see the rookie go out and play, I think that makes a big difference. The thing that I look at with the uncertainty around Herbert where everybody goes, well, we're just not sure that he showed enough at Oregon. Mm. The players around him are so much better. Not only are they professionals, they're really good professionals. Mm-hmm. Who was the best wide receiver he threw to at Oregon? Uh, exactly. The exactly. You you look at the the Auburn game that everybody keeps going back to. How good was that throw that Bo Nix made to win that game at the end? Uh, what, I mean, it it wasn't a bad throw. It was a it, good throw in that they scored. They, but what happened? You had a more physical receiver muscle out a defensive back, jump up and make the play. Justin Herbert did not make that throw with that result ever. 
it was Bo Nix just going, all right, man, it's desperation time. I got to get the ball in the air and let my guys go out and do it. And we saw the run on SEC players. We saw the run on receivers. There were no receivers coming out of Oregon in that list of wide receivers that we've seen drafted this year. Mm-hmm. And there weren't a lot out of the Pac-12. You, you have a different game being played at the pro level. And Justin Herbert has all the tools. I'm very interested to see if he can, you know, open up and, and become that guy that I think everybody thought he could be at Oregon, but he didn't have the weapons. So what you're talking about is something that Nemec and I uh, kind of... You're talking about Andrew Nemec, Thursday nights on the fan, the yes. recruiting expert? When uh, Nemec and I were doing post-draft analysis Thursday night, that we were kind of noodling over this same topic that you're talking about, which is that, okay, well, Herbert didn't have the weapons around him to succeed and he didn't didn't succeed he was a very good college quarterback that's the other thing is people want him to have won two national championships well guess what he's a better quarterback than aj mccarron aj mccarron had a lot better weapons around him he was very successful okay so i subscribe to the idea that once you get to the nfl if you are a average quarterback which if if we're if we're just scouting the guy I think we can both agree that right now he seems like he will be an average NFL quarterback. He reads things extremely slow. And I've heard, I don't know if you agree with this, but that you need to make quick decisions as an NFL quarterback. I have heard. That. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure. Um, I believe that if you're a quarterback in the NFL and you're exceedingly average, it really doesn't matter the type of weapons that they put around you. Because at the end of the day, it's on your ability to get the ball to those said weapons. And the perfect example of that is Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is an exceedingly average. Yes. He will never be great. He won't be. He'll be reliable. He'll be fine. But he won't be exceedingly great where he's going to be the difference between a win and a loss. They got him Amari Cooper. They have Ezekiel Elliott. They had one of the most dependable tight ends in Jason Witten of all time. Um, and really... People figured him out after his first year. He didn't adjust, and the Cowboys are still exceedingly average, and they're going to stay that way. And I think that if you have a guy who, in college, all of us in the Northwest understood, he's not very quick at reading anything. I I, I like Justin Herbert. I think he's a great guy, and he has all the physical tools. But when it comes to upstairs in his head, the quick wits to be able to do a pre-snap read and throw it to where you need to go – I think that's going to be a very slow process for him. And it doesn't matter if you have some of the best weapons in the NFL around you. If you can't read them, it doesn't matter. It does matter. The, 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 there are very few guys that are the teams built around the, the best quarterbacks in NFL history. It's very rare to go back and find those guys where they were the ones that slogged through seasons until the team got good enough around him. Peyton Manning is one of those guys. I'm trying to think of another. Aaron Rodgers, really. Aaron, no, Aaron Rodgers was on a very good team. And well, no, he had to slog from 07 to 10. So he had to slog for about three years until finally okay. they Aaron had Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers uh, maybe one of those guys. Drew Brees getting the, the Saints uh, up and running. But the, the guys that win early and have success uh, that are in the league right now, Tom Brady. Had a very good football team around him. He threw the ball, what, 20 times a game early on in his career mm. and got to learn how to be a quarterback on the job. Ben Roethlisberger is one of those guys that came into a spot where he was put in early because of I, Tommy Maddox, I believe, is the mm. guy that got hurt. Mm. Uh, Russell Wilson was not the primary focus of that team in any respect when he ended. He was very good in moments. And well, he's he a very started good week one. 
but he, he had to compete against Matt Flynn. But he went, he went out and Matt Flynn got a lot of money to come in and just set the Packers all-time passing record at the end of the season the year before. Um, but he also had one of the best defensive we've ever seen, a great running game. If you have the weapons around you, what it does is it gives you a lot of room to learn on the job. And I think that is one of those benefits that ends mm. up being. Mm. I don't know, man. I, I got to tell you. I, I would, I would the Chargers doesn't seem position. like a learn-on-the-job kind of job. The Jets seems like a learn-on-the-job kind of job. Yeah, because, but the Jets team is terrible around them. But that's what I'm trying to tell you. I think the Chargers are in a position where if they didn't have a quarterback last year who could barely throw past 10 yards accurately, I think they go way further in the playoffs than where they were, which whether not. Yeah. I, I think that if Tyrod Taylor is healthy and they keep winning and they get into the playoffs, you don't see Justin Herbert on the field at all. You you may be at right. All. You may you be will right. not but... see him because the Chargers honestly are in win now mode. And I think that the the pick that they made with Justin Herbert was kind of looking ahead to the future, going, look, if we have Tyrod Taylor and we're winning games and we get to the playoffs, we're not changing S. But we have this guy in the pocket who, again, through his film has shown He's a little slow on the uptick when it comes to reading defenses. If we can develop him for a couple years before then and get him up to speed, maybe that'll be the best situation. Yeah, but I don't think Terod Taylor is the guy that you develop behind. If you go into camp and everybody goes, dude, this kid can make all the three. If he impresses and they go, is the risk worth the reward? then I think he ends up playing. And that's what happened when he was a freshman at Oregon. Mm. It's been a while since he's had to go out and win a job. What was the record the first year Oregon? Well, he was injured for half of that season, I believe. Oh, right. right. Yeah. So, uh, what was his record the second year? I believe he was injured half of that season, oh, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Could we do the third year, too? Am I wrong? Uh, it's better. Did he win nine wins? No. Junior? They did year? not win nine games. How many games did they win then? How did they get to the Red Box Bowl with nine wins? I, I'm asking. Didn't they win the Red Box Bowl seven to six? <laughs> that would make oh, nine I'm wins. I'm sorry. I think that made it nine wins. I can check the Oregon records. All right, uh, that uh, that covers our Justin Herbert analysis. I think. Um, I think. I think. Great landing spot. I think it's beneficial. I'd much rather be on a better team, and for a team picking six overall, that's about as good as teams get in that draft position. Um, let's go over some other picks that are a bit of head scratchers. They involve quarterbacks. They involve teams that didn't really need quarterbacks. That's why they're head scratchers. We'll discuss those after this Sports Center update. Welcome back in. Uh, there's, I think, the two biggest surprises in the NFL draft. Well, let's be honest. The biggest headlines are always quarterbacks, right? It's always, always where you're going to take your signal callers. Um, Jordan Love was a guy that was getting more and more love as we got closer to the NFL draft. Barf. What was I going to not we were do waiting that? for that one. I really wasn't, actually. It just popped in my head, and I was like, eh, let's oh, do it. You're so original. Super original. <laughs> um, he ends up going to the Packers, though. Aaron Rodgers, the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL from a talent standpoint. Uh, I'll tell you, man, people still yeah, go gaga over that guy. That. I know. But Aaron Rodgers uh, still there, 36 years old. Everyone has pointed out a million times that he's the same age that Brett Favre was, who ended up playing for the Jets and the Vikings and having a couple little runs with the Vikings. Um, still had a lot of football left in him when Aaron Rodgers was selected. They end up having the kind of un, 
uh, what's the what's the word that I'm looking for? Unceremonious uh, departure for Brett Favre mm-hmm. leaving uh, Green Bay after a great career there. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers steps in and kind of takes over, and then now you have Rodgers who was in the NFC Championship game last year with the Packers, mm-hmm. one game away from going to a Super Bowl. All he needs is a little bit of help around him, and you get a guy that cannot be on the field at the same time as Aaron Rodgers. So it seems like this has been like a, a narrative for a while, right? Doesn't it seem like it? Man, Aaron Rodgers doesn't need uh, get the help he needs. Yeah, well, that is the narrative. That's right. exactly the narrative. So since he won the Super Bowl in what 2010, I think. Sure. That has been the just the the mo for Aaron Rodgers. Doesn't get enough help. Doesn't get enough help. If it's been a decade, and Aaron Rodgers still hasn't gotten enough help, do you think maybe the Packers aren't the problem? Yeah, that there's a possibility of that. You, if, you think if, that a multi-million the, dollar corporation, hundreds of millions, possibly billions of dollars corporation for a whole decade didn't consider that he doesn't have enough help and didn't do anything about it, that there might be a reason? Yes, there might be a reason, but you just made the point that the Chargers could never get past the Phillip Rivers issue where they said he's he's good enough to get us to the divisional round but not to a super bowl yes he's he's good enough to get us into the playoffs but not good enough to get us through the playoffs the packers seasons have been better than that they've gone to two nfc championship games and come up short the one against the seahawks in 2014 or 2015 um where they were big lead it Everything had to go right, including John Ryan completing passes for the Seahawks to win that game. And, of course, they did. But the Packers have been a better team than that. And last year, they were on the doorstep. The Chargers let Phillip Rivers walk after a season where they were very disappointing, where they had all the weapons, they thought they had all the pieces, and they they end up with the sixth overall pick. Hmm. The Packers were in the NFC Championship game. Hmm. And for some reason, Matt LaFour said, we cannot let Jordan Love get past us. And maybe he ends up being the next Pat Mahomes, but I just don't understand how, if he's that talented, that the Packers decided to give up more draft capital and move up to get him, mm-hmm. even though they said pre-draft that they wouldn't let him get past him. They decided then to move up and get a guy that nobody else saw enough in that they had to get him. Assuming Aaron Rodgers has three more years, mm-hmm. maybe that's it. Maybe he only has one more season. You're telling me that nobody in the next two or three drafts will be anywhere near as good as Jordan Love from Utah State? Why risk it? Why risk Why risk what? The fact that there won't be another quarterback that comes down the pike? Because yeah, there why will risk be. It? Why risk it? Why risk? Because you were one missing? game away from a Super Bowl last year. That's why. Uh, okay, come on. Well, one but game you're away, asking my me butt. why. My butt. Come on. <laughs> they were not one game away. Really? How many games away were they? Uh, they're about one and a half. <laughs> I think we all knew when they got on the field over at Levi's that this game was. Over. Yeah. I, and, even before they kicked the ball off, I go, yeah, this game's over. Yeah. And why was that? Because the offensive line couldn't stop the defensive pass rush. I think this is a situation Maybe where the Packers are. Lineman. I think this is a situation where the Packers are finally starting to think proactively about their organization because they've done the same thing over and over and over. And I'm sorry, dude. If the same narrative for a whole decade has been Aaron Rodgers doesn't have enough help. Let's not get him help. Let's not get him help. But hey, dude, aren't you one of the highest paid quarterbacks 
every single year. Don't you throw a little tissy fit whenever somebody gets paid more than you, and then you have to restructure a contract and blow out payroll so you can't get help? I'm sorry, but if the narrative is that Aaron Rodgers can't get enough help and you can't get people to go to Green Bay because two reasons, one, you can't pay him enough, and two, I don't think anybody really wants to play with Aaron Rodgers because they think he's a douche. I think the problem is Aaron Rodgers. He's done really well for you. There's no denying that. He's one of the most talented quarterbacks in NFL history. He's right up there with Steve Young when it comes to talent. Talent. Pure, just pure talent. But the issue seems to be that Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to do what anybody else wants to do. He wants to do what Aaron Rodgers wants to do. And I'm sorry, but if for a whole decade they've been following Aaron Rodgers' path, and they haven't gotten back to another Super Bowl, and they've had some pretty crappy seasons in between, one in which they basically forced Mike McCarthy out, I think we know who the problem is. How many games before Jordan Love starts? You asked me that question for Justin Herbert. Uh, Whatever Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. And you know what? That happens quite a bit. (laughs) That definitely does happen. And you know what? That brings me to a third point. You know, Aaron Rodgers isn't necessarily the most healthy guy ever. He seems to get hurt constantly. And honestly, the Packers are kind of doing a smart thing because – Who was the last guy that had to back up Aaron Rodgers when he got hurt? Uh, Let's see. Who was it? It was uh, Brett Hundley. Yes, Brett Hundley. From UCLA. UCLA, Brett Hundley. Oh, it's always good to have Brett Hundley back there to save your season. (laughs) Didn't they have, uh, did they get Deshaun Kaiser too? Did they have him or was that? No, he was in Cleveland. Never mind. I think he might have been their backup last year, but I don't think I'm he just played. saying, I don't think it's that bad of a move. And using the same logic you have, which is we were one game away, right, from a Super Bowl. Well, if you were one game away from the Super Bowl, really, what's a receiver going to do to really help you what, what's at a, the end of the day? What, what, what's a receiver really going to do? If you already have a good roster where you have weapons, where really you could go get more weapons for Rodgers during the season through trades, you could, and you were only one game away, why not take a chance on the future? Because he's 36, and in two years he'll be 38, and he already has the body of a 40-year-old. Does he? How many times has he been hurt? Dude, that guy's uh, so unreliable. Yeah, I don't really? I don't know that I would think he's so unreliable. That seems like a bit of a stretch. I mean, I, we always kind of assume he'll get hurt. Uh, really? I, I assumed he'd get hurt this year. I couldn't believe he didn't. Oh, my God. It was insane. He made it all the way through. Really? Oh, yeah. And how how was it that he got all the way through? Oh, right, because he was in a structured offense where he wasn't running around. You had, you had a first-year head coach go to an NFC championship game. If you have faith in yourself that you can make this team work, you don't take a quarterback there. That's. I think if you're a first-year coach who's been given who, – who went to an NFC title game. He gets a little bit more division, rope. Right? They yeah. won their division. Um. And now management loves you. I think you start taking chances because well, you're have, given a leash. They they have time to prove uh, both of us wrong. We'll see what ends up happening. So it, the fun thing about the NFL draft is we have instant reaction. It, we won't know for three or four years whether or not they made the right move, but this will be one that people will keep an eye on well, and let me put, for sure. And let me put this out here because I said this to you, and I, I think before the show, and I think you, you had a gripe about it, was that, I think Aaron Rodgers is what Russell Wilson could be in like five years with a horrible attitude. (laughs) I think you put a little bit more too much stock into attitude, not enough into talent. Dude, just get better football players and you cannot play two quarterbacks at the same time. It is not the most effective strategy. Isn't that the same thing with Russell Wilson too? What's that? 
Well, like he won a Super Bowl really early, Dude. and then like people keep complaining, like he doesn't have talent around him, and he runs around a lot. And no, really they complain that he doesn't have protection. He, they had the highest protection. the year that they won the Super Bowl. The Seahawks had the highest paid offensive line in football, and now they have one of the lowest over the last five or six years. There is a big shift, and you see where it makes a difference. I'm telling you, dude. Super Bowl is not easy to win. Uh, I would think if you have a great quarterback already, you don't go out and draft one. Maybe right. you get somebody for him to hand the football to, throw the football to, or block up in front of him. Or, hey, how about this? You've got a great quarterback. Maybe you trust your offense. Maybe put somebody on the defensive side of the football to go and kill the other quarterback. Put a little more pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe you're in the Super Bowl last year. Dude, uh, Just, believe you me, I know it's hard to win a Super Bowl. The, the Seahawks defense did it. Double stacking. I, that, and that's what I said about Justin Herbert. Don't get me on that. Being a young quarterback. We're talking about the NFL. Is better. Yes, we are. Yeah. Justin Herbert now is in the NFL. All right. We got to get to good versus evil. And we will do that next. Center and Saint. 1080 the fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the, What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. Let the center and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the titan of Hawaiian restaurants. 808 on 1080 The Fan. Say something now that's gonna be gonna think preposterous. Aaron Rodgers is gonna be in a Bears uniform sometime in the next couple of years. That's Look, what's gonna happen. I'm telling you, you should ask for a trade. Mahomes has more weapons than he does. Breeze has more weapons than he does. Garoppolo has more weapons than he does at the moment. This does not help them at all this year. That's guy at ESPN that I like, Mike Wilbon. The most surprising thing to come out of the NFL draft this week is what we were just talking about. Green Bay Packers trading up in the first round to get Jordan Love when the last time everybody looked, Aaron Rodgers, a Hall of Fame Super Bowl winning quarterback, was on the roster. A-Rod's still under contract till 2023. Should Rodgers follow Mike Wilbon's advice and ask for a trade to the Bears or really any other team? Yeah, I don't know that you specifically go trade me to your in-division rival who... Why not? Uh, He's a spiteful guy. <laughs> I know, but going to That's the... That's totally front... something Aaron Rodgers would do. <laughs> yes, it definitely is. Uh, you make a short list. You go, hey, here are the teams that I can win on. But the thing that we're seeing in the NFL right now is how many teams need quarterbacks? Uh, Jacob East and Jake Fromm still sitting on the draft board as far as I know. I haven't seen them either of them go this morning. I haven't been paying 100% attention to it. But uh, I also remember a guy named Cam Newton who was an MVP who took his team to a Super Bowl who was sitting out there uh, without a team. Jameis Winston, a former number one overall pick. I know that he threw 30 interceptions last year, but he did have laser, laser eye surgery uh, still out there. Uh, you have uh, old, the red rifle out there without a job. There's plenty of good NFL quarterbacks without jobs. There are plenty of good draft picks without jobs. Aaron Rodgers might not find that there's a lot of trade partners willing to take on his contract, which you griped about in the last segment, uh, and an aging quarterback to win now if he tries to get a trade. Jaguars. Man, you know, people, people, um, I, I have an assumption about Big 12 defenses. Um, I have a lot of respect uh -huh. for them. Um, they, 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 they're very physical. Um, they, they rally to the ball. They run different schemes uh, defensively. But um, it was challenging, and I accepted it, and I embraced it. 
That's guy who got really bad advice on eyebrow grooming techniques, Jalen Hurts. He's also attempting to try not to laugh when saying how good Big 12 defenses are. <laughs> Former Oklahoma quarterback is now a Philadelphia Eagle after the team selected him with the 53rd pick in the NFL draft. There's another strange case of a team drafting a high-profile quarterback when they already have one. In Philly's case, it's white bread redneck Carson Wentz. True or false? Carson Wentz will get hurt during the next regular NFL football season. Hurts will come in and replace him permanently. Ooh, that is false. There's too much in there. Yes, he will get hurt. Yes, Hurts will have a chance to come in and play. No, he will not replace him permanently. Boy. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to stick with that. That is uh, that is something, though, where you talk about a guy that ha- is often injured in, Car- injured in Carson Wentz. I don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to be put in a position where he's going to get the keys to the castle. I think they're going to put him in and go, all right, use your athleticism, go out there, you get chipped up, and then we'll see who's less hurt going into week 12. Last year they got a seven share, mm-hmm. um, which, is, you know, whatever. It's not great. Look, it's... It's it's, it's, an, it's an NBA playoff game, though. <laughs> well, yeah, but the NFL is just a bohemian. But yeah. I just mean, like, seven. For for a guy getting up at a podium and just reading names, yeah. and that's really all that happens, um, a seven's pretty good. This year, though, last night's first round got a 15.6. Yeah, they said peak audience uh, almost 20 million, and it was up about 37%. That was Rappin' Souk. The NFL announced this week that the first round of the NFL draft, this year's NFL draft, was the most watched ever. More than 15.6 million people tuned in. That broke the previous mark of 12.4, and that was in 2014. The 15.6 million number represents 37% increase from 2019. That's a lot. Yeah. Do you chalk this up to COVID boredom? Or is the virtual telecast something that other sports leagues, including the NFL, might want to just consider? Dude, there's no competition. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Why would you chalk this up to the virtual telecast being the reason everybody tuned in? There are no NBA playoffs to compete with it. We are celebrating the anniversary of Damian Lillard waving goodbye to the Oklahoma City Thunder this week. And you have just the NFL draft with zero competition. There's no baseball. There's no NBA playoffs. There's not even soccer. And I realize the MLS may not be that popular, but you cannot watch anything else if you're a sports fan that is actually being produced live. We will go through the lineup of classic games we'll play this weekend because we have nothing else to listen into. Sorry, NFL Draft. Yes, it was a great TV show. I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, But yeah, it's because there's nothing else on to compete with it. Time for my favorite story of the week, and this one comes from Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky. Your headline, Kentucky mayor finds woman hiding in his home cellar. (laughs) Wait, what? A Kentucky mayor said he found a woman hiding in his cellar. Now, a cellar to uh, West Coast people, that's a basement. It's a cellar. Cellar. And it's not a wine cellar. No, it's no. It's just a cellar. Yeah, just a cellar. Bowling Green Mayor Bruce Wilkerson said he found a woman Wednesday morning after he heard noises that smelled cigarette smoke outside his home he was renovating. Oh, so he's not even living in the home. Yeah, that's a pretty good place to pop a squat. When he checked the cellar, he told Bowling Green police that he found traces of blood on the cellar's door and a bag of women's leggings. 
Wilkerson saw the woman when he went back to the cellar a second time after the electricity in the house went out. He said a young woman with dark hair told him she was, quote, hiding from someone before she just ran into the street. (laughs) And what kind of drugs and drug paraphernalia were left behind? The mayor said he doesn't know when the woman started living in the cellar, but notes that she did not steal anything from the house. Nobody was living there. What was there to steal? Well, I think like that he was wiring? living there, but they were just Being renovating. renovating. Oh, yeah. fair enough. Okay. You know, just one of those things. Just getting out of the way. She's just, ah, I need to, you know, get out of the elements for a little bit. I'm just going to duck in here. That would be really frightening to find somebody who has, like, been living yeah. in your house. Not like you wake up in the middle. I mean, this is still frightening, but, like, you wake up in the middle of the night and someone's in your living room. Like, you increasingly keep seeing signals that like someone else is here. And then a week later you're like, Oh, somebody's just posted up in my, uh, <laughs> my cellar. What's well, funny? They got all their crap laying around. Yeah. There, there's a time in your life. And I, you may have had this, uh, around your college days or shortly thereafter where you're just kind of, uh, living in different places and sharing households or whatever. And I think sometimes, there's certain times in your life where you wouldn't be that surprised if somebody was living there. It's like, oh, dude, is your cousin Greg living with us? But at least you know who that person is. Having yeah. a complete stranger just go, especially, and I'm just going to imagine that the mayor, probably a family man, you know, this is, he's renovating the home. It's probably a nice estate that he's got there. He's a mayor. Probably doing pretty all right, right? Uh, yeah, and if you show up and somebody's just living there, at least they weren't living in the home at the time, him and his family. That would have been terrifying. All of a sudden, Johnny's like, ah, Dad, I smell some smoke in the house. And they go down, and for three months, somebody's been living in the cellar underneath the ping pong table. That would be terrifying. Johnny so. comes out from the cellar with a needle. What's this? <laughs> Johnny keeps talking about his imaginary friend named Deborah, and you're like, yeah, it's got this... He's got this friend, and uh, yeah, they they smoke cigarettes together, and they uh, they play ping pong and whatever. Yeah, yeah. we thought it was an imaginary friend. No, turns out she was living in the basement, and they were actually smoking cigarettes and playing ping pong together. Who knew? That would be pretty badass if you had an imaginary friend that just smoked. <laughs> Old, old lady that smoked yeah. in the basement. Would it be funny if it was an imaginary friend if it actually happened? No, imaginary friend. Because yeah. then you could just say, like, look, it's not my decision. I keep telling her to quit, but she just won't stop. That would be, uh, yeah. Your 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 poor your poor imaginary friend has a she smells. Habit. She just can't quit. She smells. Her teeth are starting to turn yellow. And it looks I mean, like she's gonna start vaping. She used to be really pretty, but she just kind of let herself go, and uh, you can still see it in there. But the lines in her face cover up what used to be an exuberant uh, young person, and now she's just old and a little bit sad. But she's imaginary, so she'll be fine. Text line: I want a woman in my cellar. <laughs> Okay, if, if somebody says it with that kind of enthusiasm, he probably already has a woman in his cellar. She's just not there by free will. Thanks, texter. Somebody trace that number. Somebody else. What was Mitch McConnell doing in that mayor's cellar? <laughs> That's great. Uh, all right, we need, to, we need to get into some other draft talk. There was another quarterback taken uh, that we mentioned in this one, but I wanted to get your thoughts on it since I shared mine. Um also seen a run on SEC players, but Nick Saban had a NFL draft first. I'd like to share. Also want to get your thoughts on the uh, the Last Dance documentary. We'll have two more episodes uh, tomorrow night. I assume you watched the first two, so we'll discuss that. All of that 
and more in Hour 2. You're listening to The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.